Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 65, coming at you from the Meaner True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher, the biggie. And back-to-back weeks, just me and Justin. Justin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, kind of missing Ramsey here, uh, biggie. I don't know. What's going on with him? Is he on a hiatus or he is, what's his deal? Yeah, he is on a non root for Wisconsin hiatus. Uh, through not no fault of his own, covering some work assignments, so he is burning the candle at both ends at his job, uh, which unfortunately for us means he is not here to join us this week or last week. But all reports are indicating and and take how you will as reports and sources. Um, but he is anticipating being able to join us again starting next week. So hopefully this this two-week hiatus is all that it is. Well, let's hope so. I, I kind of miss the arguments that we have. Yeah, I know, especially with everything that's gone on this week. Not that there's a whole lot to talk about, but uh, everything, oh, yeah. that's, everything that's gone on these last few days, I think it would be kind of... I'd love to have you guys yelling at each other. It's just my favorite part of the episodes when you guys are going after each other. I'm sitting there just taking it in and letting our fans do the same thing that I get to do. So uh, won't have that sure this he'd week. Have a, I'm pretty sure he'd have a strong take uh, on some of the QB news this week. So I'm sure he would. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in not having him here. Yeah, he's doing. Maybe I'll give him my noogie of the week. <laughs> it's not his fault though. I don't know if he deserves noogie material. Maybe his employer for uh, him I'm not cool. being here. Yeah, I've got a strong noogie though this week, Eric. I've got a couple um, that I, I'm not so strong, but we'll get to that in a few moments here. So first, always got to talk about our partners. Got to talk Monkey Knife Fight, our daily fantasy sports partner, proud affiliate of them. If you're not playing the contest, I, you're really kind of losing out on money. If we're being honest. There's so many contests out there. There's all the basketball games going on. There's all the race. You know, every week has a race. Uh, there's mm-hmm. NBA and NCAA basketball. Uh, the USFL is coming up. I'm sure that'll be there. There's so many different things you can play the contest on that at this point, I don't know what you're doing if you're not there. And then also partners over at Raise Energy. Now, Justin, I know that we're in tournament time. Uh, Raise Energy is having their own tournament, and there's some big stakes involved for them. Their tournament really? is to determine which of the limited edition flavors have kind of gone through the last year. So kind of the the blue uh, the blue raspberry, the sour blue raspberry flavor, the juice box apple flavor, the prickly pear, the berries and cream, the rainbow kind of Skittles type flavor. All these limited time flavors they've had throughout the year as to which one is going to be the permanent flavor going forward, a permanent flavor going forward. So plenty out there, and pay attention to their social media for your influence there to see as to which one you want to win. Either you know, even if it's flavor, coolest can, whatever you gotta do, check it out on their side, and then support them uh, by going and ordering your favorite type as well. And then you know, you can get the the sample packs, you can get the the sleep uh, sleep supplements, the protein powders, the pre-workouts it's all there use code root four r o o t number four for 15 percent off any order again that's code root four r o o t number four 15 percent off every order with that uh justin I, I before we get in the episode i i gotta ask you know just kind of one of those stupid internet questions going around 
and just to make this show as good as it is <laughs> i got i saw this on on social media today and it's it's consumed a couple different conversations i've had today in the world which are there more of tires or doors well you gotta have i mean it's gotta be tires See, you'd think so. That's initially I thought the same thing. Every car has four. You know, there's bikes, there's this, that, and the other thing. But honestly, the more and more I thought about it, I kind of think doors. I mean, it's got, it's, you've got to swap tires out after so many miles. You don't got to swap doors out after no, but after sixty thousand miles. Let's just let's just have a conversation here. I mean, I live in a two bedroom, one bath apartment. In my apartment, I have. Okay, so now, now, now I see where this is going. See, that's all you had to say. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were talking strictly car doors. Oh no, 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 no. Just, just in, in general, are there more tires or doors? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I would still say tires. See, because then you can make the argument because you got, you know, you got little vehicles that have tires. You know, you got toy cars, toy, you know, toys that have tires. You've got, but then yeah. each car has four doors. You've got, um, you know, all the different uh, like skyscrapers whoa, out whoa, there that whoa. have so many different supply yeah, closets no. and offices and whatnot. Now, I mean, each each this is where Ramsey would yell at you. Each car does not have four doors. Common ones, or let the average one. You probably have two and a half doors per vehicle. On maybe on average, yes, I would agree. Because you also have motorcycles and bicycles that don't have any doors, but then you also have you know like your your vans that have multiple doors. You know they've got like five six doors between the back, the mm-hmm. sides. You know it evens five. out. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm still with the tires. Anyway, that could be a that could be a Facebook poll question, or a Meta Face poll question for us on uh, on our Roofer Wisconsin page. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody strong enough opinions out there. But just just want to po- a question I want to pose to you and our listeners. Get your get your brains working a little bit before we actually talk sports here. Uh, I'm very so consumed with this. I forgot what I was even going to say for Nugget of the Week now. I thought it was so strong. Damn you, Eric. <laughs> All right. So before we – because we're not even at Nugget, so you got plenty of time to talk because we're going to talk positives here first, Justin. That is our Fanatics, what we are rooting for, what we had rooted for, sponsored by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores from supporting your NCAA team to – the maybe the Packers, maybe you get that new Aaron Rodgers jersey now that you know he's sticking around for another year, at least maybe multiple years. You know, get that Aaron Rodgers jersey dust off, get a new one. Why not? Show your love for the Badgers as they make their Big Ten and NCAA tournament run coming up. You name it, it's there. 300 plus power stars. Use hashtag love on to show your love for your team. That's fanatics hashtag love on. And Justin, why don't you lead us off with this one? Uh, well, what I rooted for was a, a strong, uh, a good kind of steal of a win uh, this weekend by Alex Bowman in the race at Las Vegas. I thought it was great. Um, but more importantly and more more um, 
I guess I don't know what to say, but more surprising would be the the uh, absolute strong showing by Ross Chastain and the track house team that uh, is kind of converted into what Chip Ganassi Racing was last year. He led uh, a strong portion of this race and, and was not by accident. He won stage two. Uh, he was there at the end. Uh, I think he finished third. So I thought it was just an absolute great showing for what Track Coast Racing's um, mile-and-a-half uh, production has. So uh, good for them, rooted for them. But a Hendrick Carr won in, in what was a great race, I thought, altogether. Uh, the racing from start to finish was phenomenal. And kind of what NASCAR fans have been asking for. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I, I rooted for. There, there's a lot of basketball on, so I couldn't necessarily pick up one thing. Obviously, the Badgers wrapped up the regular season um, not in not so hot fashion, but to to uh, finish as Big Ten co-champs, huge deal rooted for that too. So, yeah, Eric, I, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what you've got, but but you know that race was outstanding to me. I I thoroughly enjoyed that race from start to finish as well. Um, so I I would also lean into that one, but that's not my official route for my official route for this week is actually going to be uh, the Green Bay Phoenix. So I just got to touch uh, touch base here on giving the Phoenix update. Uh, the Green Bay women's season not officially over. I should say I shouldn't say it's officially over. Uh, all intents and purposes, it likely is. The Green Bay women once again have their season ended by Cleveland State in the uh, Horizon League champ- or tournament uh, this year in the semifinal game in Indianapolis. Uh, last year was the quarterfinal game. But the season, as of right now, has come to an unofficial but of kind of maybe official end. It's not, you know, I'm not breaking any news with that. I'm not, um, you know, the they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, the WNIT is still at large. It's a possibility. Um, so that's why I'm saying I'm not, it's not officially over. Um, you know, you kind of get into that that point then of talking about, okay, is it going to be a matter of playing one of the, there are now two, the CBI or the WCBI and now the WCIT um, have both postseason tournaments, but as a team like Green Bay, who's got kind of some more prestige, are they going to go play a smaller tournament? I I don't know. Um, we don't have any news on that officially. That's we don't know if they've even gotten a bid. Uh, that won't be really sorted out until Monday with Selection Monday for the women's basketball. So uh, to, to be determined there officially, but if it isn't the case where either they turn down the bid or um, decide not to play in one of those lesser tournaments, or even if they do, uh, season does come to an end. Kind uh, of a, I- that's that's an interesting that's an interesting argument with how young that team is. Uh, any chance to play in a game or to play in in competitive games going forward, you should take no matter how much your prestige is. As a whole, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think there is an element of the starting and stopping as much as that had happened through the year, where maybe it's just kind of best to maybe move to the off season considering, um, you know, kind of the, also the events taking into place, the events here that uh, had taken place as to part of that 
of that uh, season-ending loss in the semifinals. Some injuries, some non-COVID illnesses. Um, might just be best to kind of hit the hit the offseason, get some recovery in before really running it back and having a very strong, finally kind of a swing in the upper class, um, kind of having some, some more experience there. I don't disagree with you in theory, Justin, um, but... Like I said, until until we know, because we like I said, the bids won't even come out till Monday. Um, but just kind of a, one of those games. I mean, the semifinal game, coming off a pretty convincing win over rival Milwaukee in the quarterfinals at the Crest Center. Um, and just one of those games where I don't want to say it was a poor effort because it wasn't, but just circumstances of the injuries and the illnesses and. Um, Kind of going with that, just couldn't get a shot to fall. I believe at one point they were like one of twenty-two or one of twenty-three, and then two of twenty-three, something like that. Uh, from three-point, at one point in the game, I do believe it came a little bit closer back to, um, I guess what I would say normal, because Green Bay has been a good shoot three-point shooting team throughout the year. Uh, didn't have one particular superstar per se, but they did have you know some very outstanding performances by a lot of players throughout the season. Uh, only one player official unless there's a transfer, but only one player actually leaving, that being uh, technically sixth-year senior Megan Pingle. Uh, so incredible career to her. Uh, didn't go out the way that I'm sure she wanted it to, but maybe the season's not over either. We'll we'll see. Um, but, yeah, just my that's my shout-out for the, the what I had rooted for is that Green Bay women's team and the run and the special team that they are. I, I, I've said this before on these airwaves, and I'll say it again. Uh, the Green Bay women's team is – from coach to the coaching staff to the players to just the SID, you know, the SID, some of the other uh, staff in the building, is just one of those unique programs where they give you more access than you can even probably ask for, and just a special group um, of individuals that comprise the program. It's a, it's truly one of those like I can say it's not a team, it's a program, and like I said, just all sorts of special from top to bottom. Um, it's it sucks that it may be over, but uh, what a run that they had considering that there was a span where they didn't play for 30-some straight days because of all the COVID stoppages and and then the injuries they've had and whatnot too. So uh, overall, just one of those weird years where you're hoping to get back to quote-unquote normal next year and uh, really kind of hope to get back to Green Bay dominance. We saw them make a really big run towards the number one seat in the Horizon League. And kind of get back on track to where they've been in the last, you know, really the last 25 years. Yeah, and really something Kevin Borseth built uh, by himself there. Um, and hopefully he, he gets it back on the right track and, and we can start celebrating, you know, the Green Bay Phoenix women winning the Horizon League every year and seeing them and, and rooting for them and, and talking about how they're kind of got gypped on their seed because they've been so dominant all year long. Hopefully we can get back to those times. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, the, the foundations there, uh, you know, are never good to lose a player like Megan Pingle, but, um, you know, I guess the good news is you're only losing one player. You know, you've got a very young core, uh, that is going to be, that's going to be a lot of juniors. I believe a couple seniors next year, but a very, young but very good foundation uh going forward into next year so 
nothing but good things to say about that program. And again, hopefully we'll see if the season's actually over or not. But um, if it is, what a hell of a year. So that's my what I had rooted for. So we go from the positives to the negatives. And with that, that is the Tyler Hero Noogie of the Week, where we take a look at somebody who just deserves a noogie uh, for something that was done or something that was said. And Justin, you said you had a very strong one. Did you did were you able to recover it? Yeah, actually, you know, Eric, I've got two pretty good ones. Okay. Uh, so my my soft strong one is uh, Kyle Bush and and for his remarks that he made about Alex Bowman winning uh, the race this uh, this past weekend. Eric, did you see that? I did. did you I, see those I, remarks as part of my weekly Tuesday tradition. Every week during the NASCAR season, it was on Radioactive. And uh, okay, I I did see the comments. The comments, if I'm not mistaken, were it was a lot. It was very expletive laden, but it was basically yes. something along the lines of every time he wins, he backs into it. There, like, if I, it's not the exact quote, but he's lucky. And there's a couple f bombs in there, and and like it was Alex Bowman's fault that Kyle Busch pitted from the lead with a green white checker and you know one it wasn't i mean to say the comments that he did to lace them the way he did was i thought ridiculous um alex bowman did everything he he could do in in his situation to win the race he went out there he outraced kyle larson at the end the defending champion to win the race. And he held off a guy who had been dominant pretty much primarily the whole race in Ross Chastain to win the race. There is no way that you can sit there and talk about luck. He, the team made the right call to win the race. I don't get this. Uh, I don't know if he's, if he's looking for views or, or what, uh, I know he's losing a sponsor, and maybe he he uh, thinks this is the route to go to garner the most interest. But this, to me, was a terrible take and a terrible look for Kyle Busch. So here's what I'm going to say on this. And, and I do got to say, initially, I, I would agree with you. I do think that this is good for the sport in the sense that it gets you talking about it. Um, Kyle Busch did end up actually calling Alex Bowman to kind of clarify and, and stating, you know, that's not, he's not mad at him or anything like that. Just, um, just losing the race. And, and it's, and this is just what Alex Bowman had said that he's just passionate. Um, and that. He was on fire. He was mad about losing the race. He didn't mean it to be disrespectful. It comes off that way, and I don't disagree with you. Kind of a bad look. But as a whole, I don't find it that bad. I think it's kind of funny, actually. You know, it's not like a real rivalry that's going to happen. But um, Alex Bowman's going to make some money because he's made some new T-shirts based on this. Uh, these comments. And I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, Kyle Busch, one of the most dominant racers in really all of NASCAR and every level of NASCAR um, mm -hmm. kind of making these comments. When I first la heard him, I laughed because if you know anything about Kyle Busch is how just how fired he up he gets on, on Radioactive. He is an all-time 
listen to on that and to make the yeah. comments and I, I didn't hate it. I mean, I can see where it comes off bad, but I definitely, I definitely would say that for as a, as a Hendrick fan and it's not necessarily fair to Alex Bowman per se, but I, I didn't hate the comments. I'll put it that way. Well, yeah, I just didn't think it was a great look for him. Um, in in the concept that it you know what was what was Alex Bowman supposed to do differently to appease him outside of give him the win to me I, I you know he's I just a hothead and and he speaks I I appreciate the fact that he speaks so freely and I think as fans we should want that but this one was just. You know, uh, to me, was kind of just a bad take. Okay, so that was that was the the not so strong kind of the soft one. What was the other one? This one, this one's strong, Eric, and and I don't know how how agreeable you're going to be with me, but we had on Twitter this week a a, a nice little I had actually a nice little argument with Mister One Mister Marcus Eversaw. Okay. Of 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 WDUZ uh, in Green Bay, a station of which you have uh, employment, Eric. That's um, factual. I, I am throwing him a noogie of the week because he is factually a jinxer of Wisconsin sports. He did it to the Packers in the playoffs where he said word for word that the Packers easily beat the 49ers. We all know what happened there. It, it did not happen. And then turn around all week last week, he was saying that that the Badgers easily beat Nebraska. You can write it down, write it in the book. There's there's nothing we even need to watch here that the, the Badgers will be Big Ten sole champions because this won't even be a game. We all found out Sunday that the Badgers, uh, barring an injury to Johnny Davis, which we'll probably talk about here in a little bit, uh, ended up losing to Nebraska 74 to 73. In essence, he is, in my estimation, solely responsible for the injury to Johnny Davis's ankle. He is solely responsible. For, 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 for the Badgers sharing a conference championship, he is solely responsible for the Packers losing in the divisional round to the Niners. Marcus Eversaw needs to back off on these strong takes. He is so good at his job. I love listening to him. I, I think he is so knowledgeable, but he's got, I don't know if you would call it bad luck or whatever. He's got a jinxing problem, and he needs to change the way he is going about his predictions, Eric. This is starting to become worrisome to me. All right, Justin. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a strong one, Eric. 
so I'm glad you brought this up because I was actually going to be the one that brought this up if you didn't. Because here's what I'm going to do, Justin. We are kind of overdue for this, but I'm going to give you the noogie of the week. One of my noogies of the week for this. No. For this take. No. For and what? Here, hear, hear me out. As a broadcaster, you have to give your opinions on things. You have to, you know, he's producing content here. And you have to look at things both as a fan and as analytically. You know, you look at, you know, every situation. You look at, you know, you get people to talk about things. And then ultimately, you kind of tease it to give your prediction of things. That's just, that's the reality of the situation. And he's a human. I'm a human. You've accused me of being a jinx. Now. You are a jinx. You are a bad jinx. So here's the thing, Justin. And this is, I I had a conversation with Marcus about this. Because I I want to defend him. Because I do want him to come on the show at some point without uh, having some, and and having some uh, disdain for one of my co-hosts. Yes. I did not. I want him to actually want to come on the show at at one point or another. Uh, without thinking, hey, my co-host is a moron, um, and not trying to, you know, try to be that way here. So I'm, I'm just trying to keep the peace here, Justin. But here's what I'm gonna say: the Badgers opened this Sunday's game against Nebraska as an 11-point favorite. The the Nebraska Cornhuskers, I believe, have a sub sub 500 record. Do they not? Oh yeah, they're bad. 10 to 21. The Green Bay Packers right now. The Green Bay Packers going into that or San Francisco game were a I believe a 7 point favorite. If you look at the tape, if you look at the rosters, everything you look at analytically speaking, not even being a fan, but analytically speaking, says that those two teams should win convincingly. Does it not? Maybe. So it's sport, Eric. I understand it's that. Sport. I understand There's that. Competition. Sure. You should understand the point of the Badger game. Here's my point of the Badger game. How could you not at least consider the fact that we were coming off such a high from beating Purdue on our home floor to celebrating everything? And cutting nets down with ladders and all this stuff, and not even to consider that we could get upset by Nebraska. That that's my point. We were so strong to writing it in a book about beating Nebraska that we didn't even consider the opposite side of what could be an upset in, in a game where where the Badgers could come out flat. And that's exactly what happened. And when he was saying it, Eric, I was saying exactly this. Well, Justin, I would I would have to go and check the tape because I'm pretty sure, and I can't guarantee this, but I'm pretty sure if we listened to last week's episode, you were pretty confident as well. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I could say that I could say they could win, but I could also tell you I was concerned. That we were going to maybe come out flat and overlook Nebraska and consider the fact that we've already won a Big Ten and not an upset could happen. Uh, 
I, I, it has to be talked about. Is it that reporting sports, Eric? I mean, you're the professional here. I'm just some guy on a mic. I'm just, I'm asking. Isn't that something that we should, you know, at least consider and report? Well, we're not, Marcus Eversall is not a reporter. He's an opinionist. I myself, uh, okay. I'm an opinionist. You're an opinionist. We're that's our job. We we look at we look I'm at a damn good one. We look at the information provided to us. We look at the stats. We look at the roster. And you know, if you want my opinion, Justin, I kind of had the same feeling going into that game. Now I didn't go ahead and say it on these airwaves, uh, or maybe I did. I don't know. It's possible. But the fact of the matter is, right? I mean, everything. You know, you can point. To, you can Mark. point. You can point to this this jinx term you love to throw around so much, and uh, I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you, Justin. I think I almost think you over. You're almost overusing it, and to a point where this is the reality. He did it to the Packers last year too, against Tampa Bay. I'd stand by that too. I'm just saying. I think. I think you're overusing the term. Um, that's my noogie of this part. I do have another couple noogies here I want to go through. Because we could go back and forth on this all day. But um, well, mine, mine... I got my point out. Hey, I just want to say real quick, I do love Marcus Everson. Oh, I do too. I love listening to his content. He's a great... If, you, if our fans get a chance to listen to Marcus Eversall, uh from two to four... Two to four every day. He's amazing. He's a he's a great listen to on my ride home from work. Two to six every uh, day. I appreciate. It. Huh? Two well, to six he's every on day. The 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 four show with Havel, whatever, right? Yeah. He's got his own own show. Better call I ever saw. Two to four. That's true. Um, That's the show I like. So I'm gonna go. I got a couple other. Yeah. I got a couple others. I'm I'm kind of strong on here. Uh, so first. You know, just something that broke as we were recording. Um, once again, the MLB owners and the players could not come to an agreement. So another couple weeks of the season canceled. Um, not looking bad. good. So that's so, just a quick so one. Bad. I'm not going to go too deep into that one. We did that pretty deep last week. But uh, the facts continue. The things remain. So they're a pain in the ass. But my other strong one, and I've kind of got two angles to this one. And... I'm going to dunk on giving Noogie to the WIAA. Uh Uh-oh. And specifically some of the officiating going on uh, in these these games here. So, Justin, first we're going to start with, and we'll go in chronological order here of how they happen. Last, what was it, last Thursday, last Friday, it was the girls, was it sectional final or semifinal of Nina versus Hortonville? Yes, that was last Thursday. All right. I believe that was played at Kimberly. It was played in Kimberly. That is correct. So, just to paint the picture. Yes, if you I have, know the. Yeah. If you haven't seen the tape, I definitely recommend going out and checking it out. Um, Hortonville has been a girls' basketball powerhouse the last few years. And by no means is Nina a slouch either. And they are playing. Nope. With like I said, I'm pretty sure was that sectional semifinal or sectional finals or sectional semifinal. That, that Thursday was the semifinal. Okay, yep. so you are 
one game or one two games away from state at that point. A trip to the the Rush Center in Green Bay, play for another state title. In that game, at the end of the game, I believe about twenty some odd seconds left to go. A situation where Hortonville is going to have an inbound down two, and the coach, from what I'm told, and I, I can't confirm this because I didn't see this in the video, but the coach of the Hortonville Polar Bears girls basketball team tells the official, yes, former Green Bay Phoenix alum, tells the official, we are going to call timeout once we get half, past half court. Everybody in the gym, based situationally, knew they were going to call timeout once they got cross half court. Ball comes in, very slow roll. The girl from Hortonville picks it up. Starts really fast to get across half court to preserve as much time as possible. Picks up the ball, at, or signals timeout and picks up the ball. The official, who is right on top of things and position wise anyway, instead of, he puts the hand up like he's going to whistle for the timeout, and instead calls a travel. Now, Justin, you sent the tape to me and Ramsey, and Ramsey's not here. He he believed it was a travel. Personally speaking, if there was a travel from the tape that I watched, I believe it was right when she picked up the ball. I don't believe she traveled at the moment that the official calls the travel. Hmm. And that's been my take on it. I've watched this video a few different times now and from some, uh, you know, a few different mindsets that I've looked into it. I've, I've looked for the travel, knowing what has happened or know, knowing what's going to happen. When the girl picks up the ball, the signal timeout, at no point, I don't think she takes a step. I don't think she gets a travel. And then what transpires next? So they call the travel. The Hortonville coach thinks that they had a timeout and proceeds to, you know, try to make her case. And then at, I, I don't hear the language that's in the video. I'm sure she was, you know, it looked like she was very upset, rightfully so. Gets a technical. I believe only one of the free throws was made, but then Nina keeps possession, ends up being a five-point game. Uh, the Hortonville season comes to an end on that. So, Justin, at first I wanted to ask your thoughts on, on the video. Well, see, from the video and the way you describe it, and the video that I, you know, that is floating around out there, it doesn't quite, um, you know, match in, in your description to, to what the video to me says. But it's pretty basic, uh, almost very close. Okay, I, I didn't see the roll of the ball or any part of that. I, I saw her dribbling really fast to get across half court to call a timeout. What I think he's calling is she, okay, dribbles the ball. The ball is in mid-dribble in the air. She calls timeout and then grabs the ball while her feet are moving which by rule is a travel okay my coaching instinct what i could tell you uh in my opinion is and why the coach is so upset is we don't know what the coach was calling most of the time okay most of the time guys now you have to understand that 
officials will only um, accredit a timeout from the floor from the chosen captain. Um, they call it the C. Um, on the, as the the team representative, so even that before the game, you will have all of your captains go to midcourt for the mid, for the captains uh, talk, and then they will choose a representative from each team to to uh, you know if there's an issue on the floor or whatever. They will either take it from that player or they will take it from the coach. I believe that the coach was the person that was calling the timeout. And that ultimately is what really upset her. Uh, I have not heard any remarks or anything outside of the video. Uh, I know as a coach, I know I would be screaming a timeout myself, even if like what you said, Eric, the, the conversation was had um, beforehand that we were going to dribble the ball um across half court and call timeout right away. So that that definitely happens in the high school game. Uh could tell you exactly what we want like on a free throw. Uh this player makes the free throw, I want the timeout. Um this player misses the free throw, we get the ball, I want the timeout automatically right away. Uh that's the you know, those are refs that really listen to you. I uh, I don't know I I kind of feel for the ref um, because he is, you know, genuinely doing the job the correct way. Uh, and you have to understand Division One basketball, loaded gym, loud. Um, it, can, it can happen. It can be a mistake. And if she legitimately traveled in his eyes, it's the right call. Like I said, to me, and I just watched it again, I don't see the travel when she's calling timeout because i don't i don't know if the you know i don't know if she is one of the captains i know as the ball handler she by definition also can call timeout whether or not that's how that official prefers to make the rule or not she does have the right to call a timeout i don't you know i can't hear if the coach is calling at the same moment or not or if they had that same conversation the reports are from everyone that's kind of reported on this and i believe that there is um, the coach is on record as kind of having said that they were going to call timeout. I mean, it's not technically the official can technically, I guess, not grant it on discretion. I still, like and I said, I, I looked at it. If there was a travel, I really do think that it may have been when she initially picks up the ball trying to get across half court. But it, And it looks almost like a makeup call to me that they missed that call. They were looking for it and maybe... Maybe it was slight from what I could see. Just watching it again, I didn't see it. I, you know, I can see how you can get to that conclusion of when she is picking up the ball. Maybe there is a quick stutter step. Um, I'm just gonna watch it again here as we as we go along. So it wasn't a roll. It was a, like yeah. a long bounce pass. But I don't think she moved. She was still dribbling when the ref calls the hand in the air. As I'm watching this even now. And that part, I don't... I don't like how that becomes the case where that's how the season's going to end. And then I don't... Obviously, I don't know what was said. But I really don't think... Because at the point where the technical gets called, uh, the coach from Horton... What's her name? Uh, Radke? Radka? 
Sraka, yep. Celeste, yep. So she's she's throwing the clipboard. She's going towards the bench, and then that's when the timeout gets it gets called. So I don't know if she said a certain maybe four or five letter word, um, or maybe a combination of four letter words. But I I didn't I think that was a little bit of an egregious spot there too, um, to then double down with the technical, a different official, but still, um, like I said, in my opinion, a little egregious. But so that that's Noogie one uh, for the NC, or for the WIA. The second one I wanted to go kind of is with the the situation down in Milwaukee. And that was the matchup. Yeah, that just got settled today. Do we have a verdict on that? I'm assuming that they're just going to yes, keep uphold. Uh, the judge gra- Nope, the judge granted the injunction. They are they were successful. Really? So what does so, that mean? So I'm going to paint the picture here. So I, I can you remind me the schools? I believe it was St. Thomas More. Yep, St. Thomas More and uh, Fuller. Okay, I got the something Fuller. Uh, St. Thomas More and Fuller Academy. And as the game was kind of ticking down, uh, St. Thomas More was up and got foul. It looked like stepped over by a Fuller Academy player. The more students uh, took exception to that and pushed back. The fuller student pushed back harder, and then there was uh, official or there was chaos. some some chaos, right? So first and foremost, just the whole situation getting out of hand um, deserves a noogie in and of itself. But then they end yeah. the game, and the St. Thomas More, from what they're arguing, and I. I I have barely watched the video. Um, you know, from what I can tell, it's it's a very hard foul in the first place that puts the St. Thomas More player on their back and took exception to it. I can see how that got heated. Um, but then what happened was the St. Thomas More team ends up getting every player, including players who weren't even on the at on the rot or who were on the roster who were not at the game doing due to being sick are all suspended for a regional final championship game or for the section or, or for the sectional game coming ahead. Um, so it was either play yeah. their, play their JV instead of reviewing the incident or, so or Eric, forfeit. Just to interrupt you real quick. One minute ago, the WIA released a statement on this decision uh, and I can read it verbatim um the wia has been informed by the court that the temporary restraining order request by saint thomas more to restore participation in the 2022 boys basketball tournament series has been granted and has deemed all saint thomas more players eligible for the game the wia staff is working with all teams involved to adjust the schedule accordingly per the judge's ruling as difficult as the situation is for everyone with inherent interest in the outcome the wia has the responsibility to uphold the integrity of the rules of education-based athletics and established by the member schools end statement so they've accepted the judge's ruling and it looks like uh, uh brown deer was supposed to place 
Dominican Whitefish Bay tonight, or Dominican tonight, and that game has been put on hold. It looks like they'll play Brown Deer tomorrow. Well, that's the that's the right call. I will say that. I will say okay. that that is, in my opinion, the right situation um, as to what should have happened. Because even just, I mean, just watching the video now, aside from maybe the initial, um, the initial push. I think that was very Fuller Academy-based violence and to a point of where it even got the fans involved and the players had to... I think I think for safety purposes, the players had to leave the bench. And mm. I, I mean, you can make the argument and, and there are people who are making the argument that leaving the bench is a problem and should deserve automatic suspension. I, I hate that. There is one Twitter personality who shockingly is for the WIA out there. Um, I'll, I'll let you fill in the blanks this. there. I don't agree with that take at all. I think it's a trash take, to be honest with you. Um, but with that said, I do I do think that you know cooler heads should prevail here, and these blanket suspensions that that end up happening in in games like this, or even I'll I'll paint you a picture here, Justin, from one. That I was in as a player, and not personally, like I wasn't, you know, in the fight or anything like that. But uh, when we were, when I was a senior in high school, we had a game where playing in a holiday tournament, and hard fell at the end of the game. Jill player did nothing. I, genuinely, I can say unbiasedly, did nothing. Um, Palmyra Eagle player got upset and punched our player in the face. Both players were suspended. Makes no sense. And I'm glad that they were able to review the situation and, again, let players who should be eligible to play in that game play. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Uh, my only concern is the lack of control all the way around. Um, coaches, players, I could see maybe um, the administration uh, from the school internally kind of handing down some stuff, but if that's not the route they go, we'll see them play tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're St. Thomas More though, you really gotta think you gotta come out and win this game, right? Like, you can't go get boat raced in this game if you're them, right? Yeah, it doesn't look like Brown Deer is very good. They have a two and ten record. I don't know how they made it to sectionals, unless they play such a well, strong regular season. Maybe they're in the uh, the kind of situation that well, A.W. Lutheran was 13. in. They're 13 and 13 overall. So, anyway, those are my two noogies. Uh, really, like, you know, I, good for the courts to kind of clear this thing out. Um, so we'll see how that ends up playing out there. But anyway... Um, Lots to talk about here beyond that. I, we, we've taken a lot of episode up here, but we got a lot to talk about yet, too. So uh, I think I'm going to skip the bucks, skip the betting talk. Uh, you already kind of touched on the Badgers. Now, we can talk about the Badgers and the conference tournament coming up. Uh, the Badgers, I believe they'll officially have the two seed in the tournament. Is that correct? That's correct, yep. And I believe that puts them in an automatic spot in the or the quarterfinals, correct? Up, they get a they get two round by which um, we are currently watching the opening round of of games right now with 
Number 13, Nebraska taking on number 12, uh, Northwestern. Um, pretty decent game here. Northwestern is uh, coming back hard. But, uh, yes, they will play uh, the eventual winner, I believe, which will be uh, – I know Michigan State is in that, Eric, and I don't, I don't know who um, – so Michigan it would be State. Uh, Michigan State will not play Maryland. Uh, Maryland looks like they are. The, it's the winner of the seven ten uh, game. So how this shakes out, um, Illinois will get the winner of it. Looks like Michigan Indiana. The four seed Rutgers uh, Scarlet Knights will play the winner of the winner of the winner of. Um, so you got Nebraska versus Northwestern. That winner will play Iowa. That winner will play Rutgers. So let's. Yeah. So I I, I actually think that the uh, the route is, uh, out of all the teams that got the buy out of the four, what is the four teams that got yep, the buy? Illinois, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Purdue. Yeah, I think the easiest route. Um, happens to be with Purdue uh, in the three seed. So I, look I don't, at... I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I don't necessarily like the matchup for the Badgers with um, Michigan State. So gotta kind of hope there's an upset there with Maryland. Yeah, I mean you gotta play the games, and and Johnny Davis, Big Ten Player of the Year, by the way. Uh, will yeah. apparently be playing in that game. He will be coached by Big Ten Coach of the Year, Greg Gard. Yeah. Uh, I just got, you know, real quick, I got another Noogie of the Week to the one writer that he's not named, the one writer uh, that votes in the AP for for all conference in, in the Big Ten. There was one writer that voted Johnny Davis not on first team. He was not a unanimous selection for first-team all-conference, which is utterly ridiculous. He's clearly been the best player, and he's clearly been the most valuable player to a team. How that guy could not vote or that lady could not vote for Johnny Davis to be first-team all-conference is – that might be dumpster fire of the year award. Winner. Yeah, that's a joke. That I mean, say what you will. You can look at the Aaron Rodgers situation and say what you will about that. I mean – not voting for someone because they're not vaccinated is a, is a joke take, but that's even, this is actually worse. If you don't want to make him your big 10 player of the year, fine. That's on you. But to say that he's not a first team, all big 10 is beyond ridiculous. (laughs) I I can't believe I forgot all about this uh, uh, for, for a noogie. I'm glad I remembered as, as we got into Badger talk. But congratulations to Greg Gard. There were a lot of Badger fans, including me, I think, that were writing him off last year. Get him out. Um, you were definitely writing around. You were writing off the program. You were writing off Greg Gard. You were very anti-Badger yeah. basketball uh, probably about yeah. 10 months ago. But what he's done over a year, what he has done over the year in rebuilding the roster, playing with a lot of young guys, um, He's done a great job, so I'll eat my crow. Uh, I will say I was 
utterly wrong about that. And, uh, you know, that's why I don't make millions to, to make those decisions, but he, he's done a fantastic job this year. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, uh, I believe Chucky Hepburn also getting uh, all freshman team nod. And Brad Davison, I believe, also got second team all Big Ten, if I'm not mistaken. I think that wraps up uh, the awards for the Big Ten for the Badgers. Is that correct? Tyler Tyler Wall got honorable mention. As he should have. Not enough talk. It's about Tyler Wall. But I'm glad he got the honorable yeah. mention. Uh, so, yeah. yes, I, for, I forgot that, that yeah, one. Yeah, that wraps up. So, again. So, this is a good season. Good season so far. They've got a lot left to do. Uh, be a little interested to see what happens Friday afternoon. Um, if they roll out Johnny Davis or not, the the kind of word on him is that he's got a sprained ankle, and in Sunday he was in a walking boot, and so we'll see. I, I'm pretty sure it'll probably depend on the opponent. If it's if it's Maryland, we might not see him. If it's Michigan State, we'll I'll likely see, see him. Now, I, I do got to ask, while we're talking about college basketball, um, I, I didn't feel this was noogie-worthy, but I, I know a lot of people out there that have considered this maybe noogie-worthy if they were on our show. I'm a Duke fan. I know that I believe that you're a Duke fan as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. The, uh, the students crying at the end of the Duke-UNC game for a regular season finale yeah. game, I did not – I'm not saying I'm going to give them a noogie. I don't think that was their best look. And sports are emotional. Sports are, you know, it's a, it's a time. You know, it's it's some of the best times. It's some of the worst times. Um, I wanted Coach K to get that last win at Cameron Indoor. But, uh... Erica, I'm not going to lie to you. Over the last couple of years, I have kind of soured on Duke um, as a program, as a whole. Um, they have just kind of Turned me the wrong way. The way they're starting to go about things, the way they are, you know, the, the one and done thing, you know, that's not what led most of us Duke fans to be Duke fans and how they've built their program. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's going to be sad. It's it, it's going to be sad to see Coach K go. Um, interested to see what Shire does, um, but. Yeah, the fans crying at the end of the game, it's a touch ridiculous. Now, I do got to say, I, I, I'm i glad I brought this up because I almost forgot about this. I did have a, a noogie coming out of this game, and it wasn't it wasn't the crying fans, although definitely, I know that there's people out there that would definitely lean that way on that. My noogie of the situation here, Justin, actually falls on Duke University. First of all... For having the the ceremony after the game, um, when you could, you know, it's potential you could lose a game like that, you know, just well, I get why they do. UNC's no slouch. No, and and they'll probably be in the tournament, and this is not UNC, and this is not actually that's not even my noogie. Is you know for having enough of the game, my noogie comes from the university. Where and granted, I know that there's only so many things you can do, and that they already have Coach K Court, and they have Shashevskyville out in the kind of the the other area. But you know, they give they go through these these kind of these gifts, right? Of what they're gonna, what he meant to the university, and and what they're kind of gifting him or in his legacy. They gave him like those two paintings, and 
and everything great with that. But <laughs> to come out and the award that they're giving him is a bench in the visitor center. I thought was just utterly ridiculous. Um, the I guy, think he's a great troll, to be honest with you. Five national championships, a contender for a sixth coming up here this this tournament season, and of everything, like I said, he I know he already has Coach K Court. You're not going to rename the school after him or anything like that, but but to to give the guy a bench in the visitor center and, and dedicate a bench to him, I. That's where you lose me. It's a great troll job. You gotta gotta just put your hands together and salute North Carolina for a great troll to your arch nemesis of how many thirty some odd years. Well, that that wasn't by North Carolina. That was a school. That was Duke University that did that. Oh. Well, In their own visitor not. center, that's what that's what yeah. the uh, the alumni board decided to gift him was. Uh, a bench in the visitor center. They probably could have renamed Cameron Indoor Stadium to Szeski Indoor Stadium. Probably. I mean, like I said, he's already got Coach K Court. I, I know there's not a whole lot you can do more because he's already got. They got Coach. They got Szeskiville, where the students camp out. They've got Coach K Court. I really don't know what else you do, but I don't think a bench is it. So anyway, that's wow. that's just my my two cents there. Um, it, it, so, it, it sounds a lot like he's going to end up being like the Barry Alvarez to Duke. He's kind of going to be the Don he handpicked. Actually, Duke picked a different person to take over for him, but he he kind of put the the brakes on that and, and picked Shire to be his successor. And it sounds like he he did that because he'll have still a lot of input and traction within the Duke program. So I do believe he said that him and his wife are staying on as ambassadors to the school, whatever that ends up yeah. meaning. But, um, but yeah, just also running the damn show pretty much. I just a quick shout out coach K too. Cause you know, just one of the, the best college coaches of all time. Um, arguably the best basketball coach of all time. You can, you can have maybe two or three other names in there, but right up there with any of the other ones. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so just uh, we'll see how the Badgers end up playing out here. Best time of the year, Justin. I know that you will be in Green Bay this weekend to partake in some high school sports action with the girls' state basketball tournament. Yeah, yep. Uh, so that's excited, excited, excited for that, Eric. You, get, you know, we're very lucky to have the girls' state championships here in Green Bay and so close to home and, um, watch some i mean some quality quality basketball there's uh, a lot of d1 athletes uh that got scholarships that are going to be playing this weekend so you know i've if you're always, around go watch it and and i'm i'm going to try to join you if you do end up going to that second session thursday night i'm going to try to join you for that um okay but with all that said i, I do got to say two things just with that quick um one i think it's very fitting that the girls state tournament takes place in green bay um Oh, you know, it's not at the Crescent or where the Green Bay women play, but I think it's very symbolic to just the the incredible prestige that is Green Bay women's basketball. I think, you know, when you think of women's basketball in the state of Wisconsin, you think of Green Bay. You don't think of the Badgers. You don't, you know, maybe you think of Marquette, depending on the year. 
but Green Bay is the the top program in the state and has been for the last and 25 years. And even further back than that, but I think it's very fitting in that element and also just even geographically with how well this area of northeastern Wisconsin always represents at the state tournament um, with multiple schools in the tournament. I, I got to say very fitting that, um, that they can have it closer to home for a lot of these schools. Appleton East and De Pere, um, you know, just a couple to, for example, Wapan, uh, which isn't quite uh, as close as any of those schools, but it's, it's not too far down the road. So, yeah. So with that, um, any other kind of parting notes on the Badgers here, Justin? Anything else that we're missing? I, I You know, I'm excited to see what they'll get for a seed Sunday. Um, I would expect some, uh, a three. Uh, I got a question, Eric. Are we doing the route for Wisconsin uh, pool? The bracket pool again? I believe we are so going I to. Can, um, I do have to take under some so consideration. I avenge my, myself? I do got to take under some I consideration. I last year. Uh, just the, the simple fact of the matter of how there was a little controversy um, with last year's tournament. I believe that we will end up doing it. I do have to get our prizes to our winners from last year, our stickers. Uh, they, due to shipping <laughs> a supply chain issues, they um, we have had some issues with giving prizes here. I do believe I'll have those uh, in the upcoming weeks here. Um, I have been a little behind on prizes myself, so that's on me. I'm not going to blame supply chain issues. That's on me. Um, but I do have to give away our prizes from last tournament. Um, I still have our, our Brewers playoff Stuff prediction. Happens, I, I agree. I'm Like I said, I'm going to blame supply chain issues. That's where I'm going to go with this. But um, supply chain issues and manufa- and uh, and driver issues. Our, our delivery driver is just terrible. We need to fire that guy. But, um, yeah. No kidding. He he still hasn't given uh, Mr. One Tyson Hala uh, his championship belt. No, no, no. Congratulations, Tyson. I, I'm going to – Tyson Tyson is aware that we have gotten the prize, a customized Root for Wisconsin title belt for the champion football championship uh, for fantasy football. So uh, just on a couple yeah. stickers for the college basketball tournament, and then I believe – I still have Sarah's baseball um, from our Brewers playoff predictor, but yes, I would say that I am leaning towards doing that um, and putting some very, even from last year, some more strict verbiage that we're going to lock the thing actually when it comes time for the games tip um, to avoid the issue from last year. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm referring to, Justin. You and Ramsey kept changing it. To assure yourselves beating me. Well, Justin, there was no way That's for me to change exactly it if I wanted to. But the, the the controversy I'm referring to was when uh, somebody decided to join our our championship or our tournament bracket pool the day after the national championship game and went oh, on this Twitter. Jabroni. Yeah, that jabroni. Uh, went on Twitter to any bracket challenge they could find where they would knew that they would win. That didn't have it closed. So we will be closing it this year at the time of tip-off of the first game. So uh, we have some caveat Thursday there. Thursday morning. Thursday morning it will lock. 
but we will be doing it. We will run it once uh, the, the brackets come out on Sunday at Selection Sunday. So yes, this is the official announcement. I, I had been kind of on the fence about it just because of that, but uh, yes, we will officially run it. I will say that now. On the record, Eric. an hour and change into the podcast, NCAA tournament, bracket challenge, root for Wisconsin show will take place. All right, Eric, I want you to think long and hard because we'll talk about this next Wednesday when Ramsey's here. What? And I, I, I'll be fully transparent here. I don't think I paid up on this from last year. What will be our bet or our wager internally amongst us three for internally here uh, amongst us three so our fans can see what I will do to you guys. I am going to dominate you. I've watched so much basketball this year. It's unbelievable. I know everything about it all. I'm going to crush you guys this year. If I'm not mistaken, last year's stock was that um, third place would have to buy. I had a drink. Well, we had the warm beer that still hasn't been drank yeah. yet. Uh, but I believe the exact. I, is that still there? I It's not in this studio. I believe it might still be in Studio One, but it's not in Studio Two. Oh, my God. That's terrible. But uh, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think it was. A six pack to the second place player. The third place has to get a six pack to the second place player, a twelve pack to the first place player, and then the second place player has to get a six pack to the winner. So that the winner ends up with eighteen beers. Or sodas, whatever they choose. But I believe that was the terms last so year. Is that what we're going? I'm okay with that if you are. I think that I think that's a good run. Sounds good to me. We kind of went willy-nilly last year. Yeah, we didn't have much uh, much control in it, but I I think that's the route we'll go here. We'll do 12 so that the winner ends up getting um, 18, and then the second-place player still gets a sixer. Okay. And that'll be our internal contest. And then what we work on um, for the grand prize is still to be determined. Um, it'll probably end up being an, a sticker for the Roof of Wisconsin show and an additional prize thereafter uh, that is to be determined yet. I will say yeah, that. We've got, some, we've got some communication that needs to be done about what this prize is going to be. Maybe it'll be, hey, I got a good one. Maybe it'll be an autographed Wisconsin Badgers jersey, but only autographed. By the roofer Wisconsin guys. I'm sure we'll work something out. We'll we'll talk to Ramsey when everyone's together and on the same so, page and, and we'll go from there. So for those listening, completely worthless. It is just a <laughs> jersey. <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure something uh, out right. for our listeners and our, I'm our fans. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. Um so with that, Justin, I guess the only thing you left to talk about is the uh, the wild, wild NFL that has been what, the last uh, last really two days. A, yeah, unbelievable. Three days, two, three days here. It's uh, gotten crazy. The rumors were rampant on Monday and yesterday. The top just came off of the league uh, with the news uh, that. 
they were reporting that Aaron Rodgers had signed a contract uh, extension with the with the Packers and. Uh, well, let's Aaron let's first before we before six. we go here before we go here too far. I do want to talk first, just given how our show goes, and I probably should have maybe mentioned this earlier. How do you feel about the Calvin Ridley situation? Calvin Ridley, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, officially suspended for at least a year for betting on NFL games while he was away from the team, but still for betting on games. I wanted to ask you your opinion on this. He signed. He signed a contract. It's clearly said in that contract, you are forbidden to do this. So I, I don't understand what there's an argument about. Uh, so to me, and I agree, he did sign a contract. The the NFL is very, very... It's black and white. Very strong on this from, from every level. Even, you know, like I said, I, I can say this openly. I worked for the NFL, technically for the NFL. I worked in the Packers Hall of Fame in college. And we were held to the same standard as an NFL employee that the players were. From this perspective of there is no betting on games at that time. I, I, I don't know how the betting talk went. But you could only even play a certain amount allotment of prize money for fantasy football. And they were very, very strict on it. So I will say I, I don't feel bad for him in that he is getting in trouble. I will say, especially given the circumstances here, I don't think a year is right. If that, I mean, I don't, I don't know. What I think the that's the conversation. Said. I don't, I don't think that. I don't know for a fact if there is a clear. If you get caught doing this, this is the trouble. But I do think it's very bad optically when you have a league that you can beat another human being, whether that be a girlfriend or a child or wife, what have you, and receive a lesser punishment than doing something that is legal. Now, I get there's more implications from a league perspective on betting because it is, you know, you may have inside information. It's, you know, if you're, especially if you're actively playing, I think it's a lot different um, where he in this situation was not actively on the roster. He was kind of away from the team at that time. I get optically it's bad and especially kind of with everything kind of, you know, all the talk with the Brian Flores situation. I don't agree that it should have been a year. Unless otherwise, they, unless it's in the contract that there is a year suspension, if it's just kind of, if it's up for debate or if it's up for interpretation as to what the, the punishment terms would be, that that's where you lose me on that one. I'm, I'm just going to flat out guess that that's what it is. And, I mean, to me, it doesn't, I, I don't have, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. If it's, it, it's very black and white uh, what the rules are. Um, I get that you're concerned about what the punishment is, but I'm assuming that that's pretty black and white. And to me, it's accept your punishment and move on. You did the crime, do the time. I, you know. Oh, I gotta say I, though. I, I guess I don't have a, a opinion either way. It's to me, it's kind of black and white. So I, I gotta say though, just just quick while we're we're talking about this. Well, first I want to ask if it's not clear what the the violation terms of the suspension would be. Do you agree with a year long suspension? Uh, I, I would say it's a touch excessive. Yeah. Okay. 
you know, half a season or something, maybe. So I also do want to, I just want to throw out there um, just how dumb Calvin Ridley was for this. And I, I almost think he wanted to get caught from the the username he used through the Hard Rock Cafe or Hard Rock Casino um, sports book that he used. Where for, it's literally Calvin Ridley from the Falcons or something like that. That if you're going to do something this black and white, yeah. where the NFL... He did it and, on his phone, didn't he? He did. He did. Right that's on his own phone. That's, that's what I'm going to say here, is that the NFL, you know, I, I have registered for a sports book legally, you know, through Oneida Casino, and they ask you for your name, your address, last four of your social security, you know, all this stuff is out there, and they have to match it, and all this, you know, it's, it's very tedious. So the fact that he did it with his own information, and... And with his own name, that's literally the username is Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. And he did know that the NFL had this very black and white, like, hey, if your name pops up in something, we are going to investigate it. Whether that be, and I'm curious on how that shakes out, where if it's like, if it's in the username, if they even, because I know that they have, apparently the NFL has this like bot that goes through all the new usernames and all that information. I'm almost thinking if it's like in the username, that's a flag for them to investigate. And I think that's what happened was the fact that he had his name in it and then flagged it. And then they were able to search into it further. What a joke. Like, that in itself is a nuggy too. But I, like I said, I have a problem with the, the punishment. If it's not explicitly stated, that that's the punishment. But uh, just given the kind of the other, other suspensions that we've seen the NFL give out for actual crimes. But anyway, so that happens Monday. Tuesday, uh, we get, you know, the franchise tag day and kind of the believed um, deadline for an Aaron Rodgers decision, which at about 1045 and 11 o'clock in the morning we get. And as Justin mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is going to be back with the Green Bay Packers. Um, originally reported. Well, no, originally it was not reported contract terms by Pat McAfee. It was broke by Pat McAfee. Uh, Ian Rappaport then tweeted out contract terms of four years, $200 million, which Rodgers and McAfee, well, first McAfee, but then Aaron Rodgers also uh, vehemently denied that that was incorrect, that there has been nothing signed. And all we know, and until we actually see the terms, I'm really curious how this is going to play out yet, but... We know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back for 2021 or 2021 or the 2022 season. Excuse me. I forget what year we're in, but the 2022 yep. season, Aaron Rodgers will be in his 18th year with Green Bay and barring injury will be the quarterback. Well, how exciting, you know, it's, it's exciting news. Uh, I, I can imagine there's probably one guy that doesn't really think that is very exciting news. Um, but this is the best shot for the Packers to to do it right and and we have to have the guy to do it and um what that what that says about jordan love uh, ramsey and i have argued uh probably both that we're blue in the face about what that says about jordan love um but aaron Rodgers gives us our best chance to to compete for a super bowl uh i'm glad the packers could do it i'm glad he 
All indications are that the contract that he will sign, he has not signed, uh, that he will sign will be uh, cap-friendly and allow the Packers to make some moves, which has already allowed the Packers to um, franchise take Devontae. Uh, there's an argument within that that we could talk about, um, uh, about the value of Devontae and, and what he means to our franchise and, and how much do we value a wide receiver um, over some of the guys that that we have uh, and what this means for other guys within our uh, franchise. So all in all, I think the biggest part about the Aaron Rodgers signing is we now know we have a direction that we can work towards. Um, We're not going to rebuild maybe for two years, maybe for four years, um, or maybe just for a year. Um, so th- there's a lot there's a lot uh, about Aaron that needs to be settled. How much is he getting? How much is he getting upright? How much is he is he uh, you know taking a hit on the salary cap for us to move forward? Is he allowing us to keep a couple guys? Um, maybe a Devondre Campbell, maybe a Rasul Douglas. Um, there there's some important decisions that still need to be made. And I'm excited that we now have a direction to move towards to to see what our path forward is. Yeah, for sure. And and with this, so a couple, I've had a couple thoughts on this. I I really, first of all, don't want to toot my own horn here, um, but all of us on this show, I believe, did predict at the start of the NFL season, the end of the NFL season, that Aaron Rodgers would be back and playing. Um, I know that you and I had been on the side of maybe retirement, and I know that had been reportedly by Pat McAfee a very strong consideration. Um, but ends up not being the situation where you know we like we said if he was playing he'd be in Green Bay, and that is what is going to occur here. Um, I I do want to see the contract terms. I don't I do believe him when he says it's not been about the money. He has said that on numerous occasions. I believe the Packers probably floated the, this number to make him the highest play, paid player. Um, and I think that this was maybe even maybe a plant on their side to say, hey, we did everything we could if he would have decided to leave. Um, I think really the thing with him, and I think we'll see this when the contract terms come out when it is signed, it was about security of being the starting quarterback for as long as he wants to be the starting quarterback, as long as performance results kind of back that up as well. So I do think I think the four years or the th- maybe three years is going to end up being correct, um, where he will have the security to play out his his career in Green Bay for as long as he wants to. And I I also think that you know intended or not, I think it maybe will be that four years just to outlive the Jordan Love contract. And we'll talk about that more in here in a few moments as to what the future means for him. I know that's a very hot button take here too, but. Um, all in all, like you said, you know, he's reporting, Pat McAfee's reporting that it will be a team-friendly, cap-friendly deal. So I don't, until we see the terms, I'm not going to really speculate on that. You know, just because I'm not going to play the media game that people want us to. But for the foreseeable future, at least for 2022-2023, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams is going to be a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers after they use the franchise tag and 
and maybe look at maybe an extension there to kind of change how the the cap gets hit as well. Uh, so we'll see how that all ends up shaking out. But uh, some other quarterback news out there as well beyond just the Green Bay Packers, Justin. What a trade. What a monster of a haul, Eric, about what you're just you're going to say here. Yeah. Is the biggest haul for any one player ever. Unbelievable. Go ahead, Eric. Okay. Tell, tell so, our listeners not how too, crazy this is. Not too long after the Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay news broke, the team that was kind of the contender for him, the Denver Broncos, uh, their Super Bowl odds had dipped to from plus 1,500 to plus 1,800. Well, they said, screw that. We're going to go get another quarterback because we want to be up at the top of the division. They go and make a massive, massive trade with the Seattle Seahawks. Again, technically not official because we're not in the new league year yet, but at all intents and purposes, it's official. Uh, the Denver Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks and I believe a fourth-round pick. In return, Seattle yeah. will get two first-round picks, two second-round picks, Drew Locke, and two other players. Uh, Noah Font, or Noah Fant, and I can't remember the third nope. player's name. That's on me. Shelby, Shelby Harris. Thank you. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, Noah, uh, Fant. Noah Fant, two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth-round pick. They got five picks and three players. That is insane. <laughs> That's a, astonishing, Eric. Uh, and and it, it quite questions, if they were willing to pay that for Russell Wilson, what were they going to be willing to pay for Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's definitely a conversation. Aaron Rodgers. That's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. I think you can have that conversation and and see, you know, Aaron Rodgers is aging the contract. Uh, you know, you have to assume he's going to to re up that contract. Um, but this is basically, I mean, this is a two year rental of Russell Wilson unless he decides to re up. Russell Wilson's only under contract for two more years, the 2022 season, 2023 season. Yeah. Um, with that, there is zero dead cap for the Broncos in this contract right now. It's a $24 million cap hit for the next two seasons. Full no trade cost. So Russell Wilson did have to sign off on this. I believe he must have to have them agree to the deal. He will get a $5 million bonus for being on the roster on March 30th, or March 20th, excuse me. <coughs> uh, so he will get that roster bonus coming up. And he has a $6 million escalator for all the, these different uh, these different type accolades he could uh, achieve. So $6 million with the bonuses that he could take care of here. Uh, based on this year, uh, so plenty of of impact there. The Seattle Seahawks are going to be stuck with a twenty six million dollar dead cap hit for this year, but there is no dead cap for the Broncos. So two year deal essentially for him uh, with all those picks. 
The Broncos now move, I believe, into a tie for th- the fourth position or the third position, technically, uh, for Super Bowl odds, only behind, I believe there are a slew of teams in this third spot, but then um, I believe they're fourth behind, I believe Green Bay's up there. I believe the Rams are tied with the, the Broncos. But for the first time since 2012, there will be four Pro Bowl quarterbacks in one division as well. It's unbelievable. So the, the AFC West just got a lot more intense. Now, today, here on Wednesday, another quarterback trade was made. Probably not to the same level, but the Washington Commanders have now acquired one Mr. Carson Wentz. From the Colts. And now let the rumors fly of the rest of the quarterback carousel. And which go ahead. Which could lead into some discussion of a certain Packers quarterback. That being one Jordan Love. Yes. So first, um, it is already being reported that the the target for the Colts is Jimmy Garoppolo per Ian Rappaport. So that is one just kind of name to keep out. Jimmy Garoppolo, arguably probably the most sought after quarterback because the 49ers are being very apparently transparent in the idea that they're probably going to move forward with Trey Lance this year. There's very little cap hit for the Niners to take on Jimmy Garoppolo. So why not? Um, So his name is going to be floated around a lot. There are plenty of teams that are looking for a quarterback. I think the Colts, of the quarterbacks that we know are on the mark, I think Jimmy Garoppolo probably makes the most sense for the Colts. Not necessarily that Garoppolo is the best fit. Like I don't think his destination would be the Colts. I think I'm not even saying he's the best fit there. I think, uh, but it makes the most sense for the Colts is probably Jimmy Garoppolo. I I, I do got to say that. You think so, Eric? You really do? Well. And I thought about this, and I was listening. The Colts had seven Pro Bowl players this last year. Now, take the Pro Bowl, what you will. It's it's a glorified flag football game at this point. But it's mostly about the accolade right. and, the, and the, the, the money that comes out of it just for being named to it. They had seven Pro Bowl caliber type players. And they were a game away from the playoffs this year. They were in the playoffs the year before. They were one and done in the playoffs the year before. Um, no, they they had won a game. That's right. They had made it. They, I believe that they won an upset the first year, uh, or two years ago with under Phil River. No, did they lose the first game with Philip Rivers? Either way, they were a playoff team two seasons ago. Uh, knocking yeah. on the door this year should probably have been a playoff team this year. Weren't after a cataclysmic uh, f- breakdown down in Jacksonville. But with all that said. Um, yeah, there. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that you know Carson Wentz was by no means is he what he was. I think, I think Carson Wentz is still a good enough quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but the ultimate matter is that uh, you if the if the Colts can get a guy who is not going to screw up as much as Carson Wentz did in big moments, I think that will be very good for them. I think that makes them a playoff team, especially in a fairly weak division outside outside from the Titans. 
I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the the switch from Carson Wentz to Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't. I mean, the the biggest knock on Carson Wentz has always been availability. Right. The biggest knock on Jimmy Garoppolo has been what? Availability. That's true too. So, so I don't. I don't. I don't understand what the. I mean, you gave up. I can't remember what they gave up to get Carson Wentz. Um, uh, I think it was when they a, traded well, for him to first, Philly. First round pick. Yeah. I believe it ended up being a first round pick round. by by circumstance. Yeah. So. I mean, you got the guy for a year, and you traded him for two thirds. I don't. Uh, to me, that makes no sense. I mean. He's still young enough to correct himself. If people are still going to go out there and say that Mitch Trubisky has the opportunity to correct himself, like what? What are we? Why are? Why are we selling on Carson Wentz right after one season? I do not understand that. No, I, um, I want to be on record as I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. I I don't like the Jimmy Grubb. To me, I also don't like this. This, the essential, we're shopping for a veteran quarterback every year. Uh, I think I think that Indianapolis must do what it takes to find the guy, no matter what age. I don't, and I don't think anybody is going to look at it and say we're going to trade. For Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's going to be our guy. Mm-hmm. I think they look at it and say that he is a guy that has veteran experience, and we could get a guy that he could bridge the gap to. And I don't, I don't understand why you couldn't have done that with Carson Wentz. Um, so I don't, I don't like the the Jimmy Garoppolo take. I think, I think you could do that. That a much cheaper version uh, of that with what's going to be out there for free agency, but I also think you could do that with a young guy and build a whole core and see what they have. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong in that regard. I I just I'm curious on for the Colts specifically, given given their makeup of their team and given um you know their their roster and where they're at right now, who. Who would you pick to be a better fit there? Are we talking veteran or are we talking? I mean, anybody, anybody that's available, anybody you can go get. Well, this is where we could talk very strongly about one Jordan Love. The Mm -hmm. uh, only other team reported that was absolutely in love and was three seconds away from trading up to get him was Indianapolis. So if they were to switch some of the picks that they've garnered to acquire Jordan, um, I think it's a fit. You got to be loved to play. And, And it looks like he could be a fit there. But for me... And this is and this is probably where Ramsey and I would go definitely off the boards about what's available and who the best available uh, option out there is via free agency. 
I would take a swing at Marcus Mariota again. Um, and, and for me, I don't necessarily like the fit of Mariota in Indy, but I think he's an absolute great fit for what's happening up in Seattle mm-hmm. to kind of bridge the gap there. Um, so I, you know, could make a run at Jameis. Jameis would be a, a decent fit there. Who knows what New Orleans is going to do? They've got they've got Taysom Hill on there, but they've figured out real quick that he's not going to be the answer. Well, and that's that's ultimately so, why I'm just just for Indianapolis' sake. I I would say I would probably lean Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo or Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love there makes a lot of sense, um, especially given what the quarterback market draft wise is right now. Given how expensive Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be to acquire, not necessarily you know financially, but in terms of the compensation in a trade. Given yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get three years of him on a rookie deal at under or just about in his fifth year at close to I don't know what the market value seventeen million dollars got to be something like that yeah under twenty million dollars for a starting quarterback and you can figure out truly and get past all these circumvented things and truly build the rest of your roster up. Uh, f- with a quarterback and see if he has it for three years or two years and you'll have the option to pick up his third is his third year so i i think you know if you turned around and you offered the packers a second round pick or uh there's talk that jordan love in this quarterback pick. market could get a first round pick back if that offer were to come you'd have to jump have to i agree now I want to ask you just from what you've seen are if you're a team so if you're if you're the Colts or if you're the Seahawks I'm going you can say what you will about your lock but if you're the Seahawks if you're the Colts if you're potentially not the Texans cuz I think they might they kind of believe in Davis Mills but if you're a team that maybe does believe in the guy that you have or that doesn't believe in the guy you have is Jordan Love a first round pick worthy trade quarterback no, nah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think so. I think he's a second round pick. Well, you know, I, it depends on what you value. You've got a team like um, Indianapolis, or 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 you know, they they would have had what was it now the the late teens of a pick. You know, if you if you can find a team like maybe even New Orleans who who needs a quarterback and is picking in the latter rounds and you know if you value and you estimate it and you think uh if you were to put Jordan Love in this draft class would you take him in the first round uh, is he the best quarterback that would come out of this draft class and can you committedly sell yourself on saying that you think that you are going to trade for what would be the best quarterback out of this draft class. Uh, the, I think that's the way you could sell it. And if it's a first round pick, that's so be it. You, you got to take it. Oh, 100%. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that you can get that, but you know, I could see, I could totally see a team like new Orleans just trade their first one first round pick. We'll trade you for Jordan Love first round. You can have, or what is it, 22 or whatever. Yeah. 
No, I am. You know, does that make sense? He's not going to garner a top ten pick. Oh, absolutely right? not. He's not. I mean, you know, Seattle's not now trading the number nine pick to the Packers for Jordan Love. No, that's not, that's not feasible. But if you're picking at the end of the first round, say it's even Tampa Bay who might be in need, and they and they want to offer number twenty seven, mm-hmm. twenty six, and they deem it's worth it. It's interesting to see how teams value the only value difference between 26 and 46 is the fifth-year option on a contract, right? So if if teams value that out of Jordan Love's contract and we can get a three-year look at him, hell, he he might be worth the 27th pick or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Now... Packers perspective, there's not a whole lot of upside to trading him unless, you know, and, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers would be that guy say that he needs to be gone. Um, I could see that if the terms end up being a four-year deal where that deal expires after Rodgers would be still on contract and you want to get something back, you might as well try to, I guess. But I, I for, for, from a financial, like a cap perspective, it makes no sense to move Jordan Love unless you can get back, you know, like you said, a first-round pick. Or second round pick, what you know, what have you, late first, early second. Um, I think it would be the, the Tom Clements hire gets really interesting now, especially if you have both Rogers in the building, as well as Jordan Love. Where I, I can't remember if you, you was you were telling me about this, Justin, or if you said this on these airwaves, but the Clements hire, you know, maybe that's part of the reason that they were okay with letting Getsy walk and. Hackett walk where maybe he wasn't developing Jordan Love good enough. I mean, you can look at the the Packers roster yeah. with Aaron Rodgers, and you know you're winning now. But what are you getting on the practice field? What are you getting for development out of a guy like Jordan Love? And that is somebody's job to develop that guy. It's not Matt Lafleur's job. It's not you know. It's right. by no means is it wasn't Mike Pettin's job. You know, you could say here's the other side of the argument. You could say. There's not a lot of upside to trading uh, Jordan Love, but I don't I don't agree with that at all. Just financially uh, you, speaking, you take, just just financially you, speaking, you take you only take a four million dollar hit for a backup quarterback this year. If you're talking one year, yes, but you know that goes up dramatically here in the next coming years. So if you could turn around and get a first round pick or a early second round pick. And you can get a guy that's a plug and play. Now you gotta remember we're losing a whole shitload of wide receivers. And this in this class is stacked, so we know Packers don't like to draft wide receivers in the first round. So if we could get an early one and in the second round and draft a guy that, that can make an immediate impact this year on the field this year for Aaron Rodgers, I think that's monumental. It might even be tight end. It might, you know, it might be middle linebacker. Say we fall in love with Leo Chanel, who tested out of the gym uh, at the combine. Yeah, if no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. There's a lot of appeal to trading Jordan Love now, depending, again, depending on the terms of the contract um, that Rodgers will end up agreeing to or that's being negotiated. I wholeheartedly agree there's a lot of a lot of upside to trading that if you can get, depending on what you can get back, I, I wholeheartedly would say that. 
Because you can even maybe turn that second round pick that you would get for Jordan Love. Maybe you can trade that into a first. You know, who knows? Depending on where that pick is for. And I'm not trying to write the guy out of town. I, I feel bad for him in the sense that um, maybe one of the most hated draft picks that we've had for no reason through no fault of his own. I'm sure he's a great human being. Well, the, guy, the guy has been absolutely 110, a th- even a thousand percent professional in the way that he's handled himself over the over the last two years. And and quite frankly, you haven't heard a pipe out of the guy. He hasn't complained. He hasn't. He's accepted his role, accepted his spot. He understands what he's doing. I I think the Packers truly do love him. And I think he has done nothing to hurt himself uh, in in his time here uh, to help us. Uh, I I think with the way he's handled himself professionally, he's only done himself favors. And quite frankly, he could have done the Packers favors um, with with his professionalism. And, and what team wouldn't want that that type that level? of professionalism uh, to kind of build their team around, right? So if you're Indianapolis and, and you've got, you know, two-thirds or or a second and you're willing to trade your, your second-round pick that's kind of in the middle, why wouldn't you take a flyer on, on Jordan Love and, and see where it goes? I mean, then you got a young quarterback with a cannon arm and Jordan Love, and, and you've got – and now you've got Jonathan Taylor, a great offensive line, a defense that's stellar. I mean, they've they've got the makings of, of maybe doing this for a long time, if they can find some younger wide receivers and some in some teams or in some guys that could uh, that that aren't so long in the tooth and, and playmakers out there on the edge. So, and, and they've got one guy, uh, Pittman, and, and mm-hmm. um, they need to figure it out with tight end. But I mean, they've got the makings and. You know, the I don't. This is why I don't love the the argument of we need to find a veteran guy and and do it now because I would rather do it for ten years instead of doing it for one year or two years. You know what I'm saying? I I agree. I think it's very circumstantial based on the makeup of your roster at any given point. I think for the Colts' perspective, it makes a lot of sense to. To do it long term because you've got all the young pieces. And I think, you know, for the Colts perspective, I think Jordan Love makes a lot of sense. I think, I mean, he's been rumored to a couple teams. You know, as soon as the Rodgers news broke, you knew that that was going to start happening. Would speculation on the future of Jordan Love, especially if that four-year contract was true. Um, You know, you can really kind of look at them where they're between and they're not going to get necessarily any playing time out of him unless he were to... um, unless something were to happen injury-wise with Rodgers or if he were to retire early on in that deal. But you can definitely make the case where, you know, it does make him a little bit more expendable now. Uh, Again, depending on the terms of that contract and, you know, seeing what you've seen for two years of being in the building with him now, uh, you know, we're not in the building. We've seen him play essentially six quarters of meaningful football. And I think it's too early to truly write a book on him about in those six quarters. I think... You know, to quote Matt Pauly, you can tell you can kind of see the track record maybe starting to build, but you're not going to be able to make an official determination one way or the other yet. And no, I don't. I think you, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think you give the guy a shot somewhere else. And, you know, I mean, 
as a person, you hope he succeeds, but as a player, you hope he kind of proves the Packers right. Yeah, absolutely. So in that element then, like I said, I do, you know, like I said, I'm really curious. I think uh, I saw a blog piece yesterday, I believe from Fansided, where it had potential destinations. I saw uh, Atlanta as a possible destination uh, just to have some uh, backup behind Matt Ryan for a year or two. Uh, this was pre-Carson Wentz trade, but I did see Washington. I've seen Seattle get floated around. I've seen, um, you know, there's there's just there is enough teams out there where you can kind of make that argument for a guy instead of maybe going Houston, to New Orleans. Instead of maybe going and spending on, you know, a couple million dollars on on a guy like Jameis Winston who who does have an established track record and is coming off a torn ACL. Or, you know, maybe you end up, you know, I, the, the Steelers need a quarterback. You can make that comparison or that argument that the yep. Steelers need a quarterback and and maybe kick the tires on a young guy that they haven't seen in the building. And um, besides um, old Mason getting hit in the face with the helmet, because uh, he, he hasn't looked the part at any point in his career here. You know, no. there's 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 teams out there. And like I said, I think this quarterback carousel, I think we're going to see some more movement here yet. Um, you know, who knows how the Deshaun Garoppolo moves, right? I mean, where does he end up? I, th- I think, you know, I don't know what the best fit for him is. I think, like I said, I could see Indy being a good spot for him. Um, from Indy's perspective, I don't know necessarily know if he's a good fit there for himself. I think he's maybe, I could see him in Tampa Bay, quite frankly. Yeah. New Orleans. I think, I think he would be a. A decent fit in, you know, what would be intriguing is if they traded Garoppolo for Taysom Hill straight up. Can you imagine what Kyle Shanahan could do with Taysom Hill? In that and Trey Lance offense? in that back in that backfield. <coughs> yep. Yeah, I, I could definitely. Would be, I think that, that's a that's a tough matchup for anybody. And then, I mean, you still you still got to see how the Deshaun Watson legal stuff plays out, whether he's going to be playing in the NFL again or where he, you know, he's still kind of rumored to Miami. Yeah, we haven't even, we haven't even talked about the Carolina Panthers and what they're going to do. Do you stick with Sam Darnold at 24 years old or do you take a flyer again? Yeah. Rumors are they're, they're, they're in talks to trading Christian McCaffrey for crying out loud. I mean. There's talks that they could re-sign Cam Newton. Yeah, I don't know if that's a great idea. But. I don't think it is, but I'm saying that there's talks about it. I mean, uh, and who knows how the Arizona situation plays out with Kyler Murray. I know that, I mean, he's under yeah. contract, but who knows how that situation is going to play out. Who knows? Like I said, Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Um, you know, New Orleans probably needs to have their guy figured out. I don't think Taysom Hill's their long-term answer. Who knows what you know? What's going to become of Taylor Heineke? I don't think he necessarily lost the job. I don't think he kept it per se. But is he going to have a competition with uh, with Carson Wentz? Who knows? Cleveland's been well, rumored to be maybe shopping. It's going to be a good, nice little backup. Sure. Heineke. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's your solid backup. And then if you if the Packers do go, let's just conversation sake here. Do you stick with Kurt Bankett as your backup, or do you bring in a better veteran backup there? Do you go get another young quarterback? What do you do if you're the Packers if you trade Jordan Love? 
the the cap tells you exactly what you're gonna do. Kurt Bankert. Yeah, there's. I don't think that's. I mean, you might draft. You might take a street free agent or take a seventh or sixth round guy that you can stick on the practice squad in the draft that you can hope that will develop over four years. But other than that, the cap is dictating what you're gonna do. Maybe Blake Bartles on a vet minimum. I mean, you could. It's not like you can't stick him on the practice squad. Obviously, nobody's picking him up. So, I mean, he yeah, he made enough stops in Green Bay this okay. year. He knows the playbook. Yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's this is gonna this off season. I mean, we are already off on a bang. Um, you know what becomes of Bridgewater? What becomes of you know not that Bridgewater's a starter necessarily in the NFL anymore, but. He's still gonna have a roster spot somewhere. Is he gonna be the backup to Russ? Probably. It's an expensive backup. Yeah. That is very expensive. But correct me if I'm wrong. They have the cap space to do. They do. They're not in cap hell like the Packers are right now, or anybody else is. But you know, you you can make the argument like the Saints. I mean, the Saints are in cap hell. Maybe that is a spot for Jordan Love. Who knows? Right. Right, I think the Saints are, the Saints and the Steelers are the two biggest, you know, question marks on what. I think those teams are two teams that, you know, are ready for a veteran quarterback that could, if they had the guy immediately, those are teams that can either get the veteran quarterback and then draft a quarterback in the first round to develop under the bridge. I think that's a great option for those teams. Indy, I don't think that's a great. I don't. They're not. We talk about they were one game away from the playoffs, right? But they played in a terrible division. So even if they were to get to the playoffs, they're not even close, right? In my estimation. I don't know if you agree with me, Eric, or not. But. I mean, are they're they winning a Super Bowl next year? Probably not, but I think they're... Right, they're not... They were close with a veteran quarterback this year. So why don't you take a, a flyer on a guy like Jordan Love that, you know, who knows, with with the arm talent the guy has in sitting two years behind Aaron Rodgers and understanding the game, why not take a flyer on him and see if you guys stole yourself a star? No, I, I agree. I think Jordan Love's an excellent fit there. Um, you know, I do. I gotta just say it. I think I said this a couple weeks back, but I really do think the best quarterback for Pittsburgh is Marcus Mariota. I I know that you threw him around to to Indy. I think he's a great yeah. fit for Pittsburgh. Mariota. Yeah. I don't hate that, but you've got you've got that guy, a younger version of that guy on their roster already. Sure, but you have a do better version. Him. You have a better version of it in Mariota, I'd say. I don't disagree. I don't. I, I honestly don't disagree with it. It's just, you know, teams are stubborn. They picked up Haskins for a reason, and they fell in love with him from all reports. That he did a great job on their scout team last year, and, and that maybe he's earned himself a shot at it. All right. 
so with that, I mean, and then just obviously, you know, we still have a lot of work to do with our cap yet. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out here. But uh, like you said, the biggest news here, and, and I don't necessarily even know if we talked about it enough, but Aaron Rodgers back, I think, I th- like I said, that really only means good things for Green Bay. Um, we We will see what the contract terms are when those are released, but... I, I'm really, I'm really excited that he's back in the fold for another, at least another season. Yeah, it's huge. It's, I don't, I don't think you can state it any other way. I mean, the Packers are the team to beat, really. Anytime you have the best quarterback on that side of the 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 conference, right? Uh, there's not. I mean, you're not going to look at Matt Stafford and say he's better than Aaron Rodgers. And and arguably right now, it's either Matt Stafford or Dak Prescott as the second best quarterback in the NFC. So, God, that is amazing how much of a fall off there is because of Brady retiring and Russell Wilson moving on. Right. That's right. in And Drew Brees retiring two years ago. You know, and I, I just gotta say one other note. I was kind of giving some shit to one of my one of my coworkers who's a Bears fan, but if that four year deal ends up being true, you know, or or at least that's the maybe the terms of the, or the years, that almost renders Justin Fields' rookie contract useless too. I mean, unless unless mm-hmm. the Bears can really build something there, but you have gotta think that the Packers are gonna as long as Rodgers is here and performing at even even you know down years for him are career years for other guys as he's said himself on the Pat McAfee show but even if he's having maybe a down year I mean you still have to make you know figure that the Green Bay is the best in the NFC North and it's not close and that they're going to build a roster to, to show that too Kirk Cousins is another guy great. who could get yeah, shot I'm... too I mean let, let's you know, I forgot to mention this a couple minutes ago but Kirk Cousins is another guy who could be on his way out Yeah, well, he's on the final year of his con- on his contract at thirty-five million guaranteed. I think I think by all estimations, every every uh, pundit or GM or anybody does not value him at that at that level of thirty-five million a year. Um, so you're right; they could be in a in a in a position to. To be looking, I know they're in love with the guy they drafted behind him now in, in Kellen Mund. They drafted him fairly high. And so there's a there there's going to be a lot. You're right. There's going to be a lot of shifting going on yet. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, just with that, though, um, like I said, I, I find it really funny, the impact that it has on the RCA and FC North. Um, you can make the memes as to what you will, um, whether he's going to end up fulfilling, the, you know, getting a Super Bowl. Um, under this contract, I've seen some pundits out there kind of making the this feeling that if the Packers don't win a Super Bowl with all the drama that has been around the team the last two years, it's a failure. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that take of it either, but... Well, we know where Ramsey is on that take, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree that it's a failure either. I don't, you know... I know winning the Super Bowl is the ultimate goal. Winning championships is the only thing that matters. But I mean, they, they've they've had so much success over 
what three years now they're the only team to ever go 13 and three three years in a row or something like that um which is outstanding um i think we found ourselves a a, a good coach we'll, we'll see over time if he's a great coach um and you know by all accounts Packers fans should be happy because they that we've finally proven that our our franchise our our front office is willing to go all in and to go for it and and when when we've proven that we have the ability and we're close that they will go for it they will uh, direct the resources in the correct way to give their coaches and their players the best chances to win a Super Bowl. So uh, for a long time, it was, you know, draft and develop. And, you know, we've kind of gotten away. And, and, you know, this is the the part of where you suffer for draft and develop and keeping those guys and, and not, you know, moving on and, and paying up for – a little longer in the tooth, guys. That you know, now we're in hell. We're in we're in salary cap hell. We're in the midst of it, and we're just kicking the can down, down the down the road a little bit. So we'll see. I I don't. I I'm excited that we're that Aaron Rodgers is back. I'm excited as as the immediate fan that we're going to take a shot at it again. Yeah, definitely. I'm in, I think I'm in the same boat and. You know, I, I don't know if he'll ever admit it or not, but I think Ramsey is too, that they got him back, and um, we'll see what the terms end up being, but all accounts are it's going to be oh, cap-friendly. He's, he's definitely not going to admit that. <laughs> so maybe it's for the best that he wasn't here this week in, in that aspect. I, oh, I'm just kidding. I love having Ramsey here. I, but... I would have loved a, I would love to have heard his comments on all this talk. Is he really worth it? Are we sure he's really worth all that money? <laughs> I can hear it. I, I, I'll tell you, Eric, I can hear it in my head. Well, he was surprisingly quiet during the... I mean, granted, he was working his ass off, but he was surprisingly quiet when all the news broke yesterday. He didn't really have much to say right. one way or the other. So maybe we'll, we'll catch more, back up with had, him next week. Hey, he had more to say about the Hortonville travel than he did about this news that came out the last couple <laughs> That's of days. True. That, is that is factual. That is factual. So anyway, uh, just kind of with that, just to kind of wrap up here, Justin, we wrap up with all, what we always do, and that being the uh, what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. I'll let you go first in that one too. Uh, mine's going to be a little sentimental, Eric. I don't know if you caught this off of uh, Bob Pockrass's, uh Twitter account, but uh, David Gill and Racing, an ARCA team that was traveling their transporter out to Phoenix Raceway, their transporter got in an accident and the driver of their transporter lost his life. So, um, uh, that, that's a, a, a tough thing to deal with. Um, my, my heart goes out to their family and, and hope that, uh, even, even David Gillum racing can kind of recoup from something that's so tragic, uh, in a, in a freeway accident. And, um, so my heart goes out to them. Other than that, you know, I'm getting excited. And what I'm really rooting for is is to to see the USFL 
kind of ramp up their promotions a little more so we can get a sense and a feel of what's really going on. They've done a great job of, of not, of the, they've done a great job of promoting it, but not over promoting it and, mm-hmm. and to make me sick of it already. Like kind of what the XFL did earlier. Um, I, I think they've got, they're going to have a great product, but we, we have talked long and hard about this when it came to the XFL. When you're talking about eight teams that have one owner, uh, I don't know that that's a model that works. I think, I think the NFL has a model that works and I don't know why you wouldn't want to try and replicate that. So I'm, I'm rooting for that. And obviously rooting for the Badgers to win the big 10 championship game this weekend, get a one seed, not going to happen, but get a two seed for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely going to, I'm going to go kind of the same route. Obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers to David Giller and racing and the, the family of the driver who lost his life. Uh, the, the truck driver, um, you know, real sad stuff there. I'm going to go uh, personal element, a friend of the show, Mason Sprangers, uh, trying to achieve his dream of becoming, uh, working in an NFL scouting department. I don't know. If, are you friends with him on Facebook, Justin? If you're not, you should be. Uh, but earlier this be. week, he sent out his his scouting pamphlet to all 32 teams. I'm just going to get his Facebook page pulled up here. Uh, but he sent <coughs> out a pamphlet, or not a pamphlet, a book. I, sh- I don't want to undersell what he did here. Send out 96 booklets that will be received by all 32 teams uh, that include his resume, nine scouting reports from the past season, and letters of recommendation, uh, hoping to, you know, again, land some job in a scouting department somewhere in the NFL. The dude knows his shit. Um, smarter smarter than hell. I, I root for the best for him. I know he great, gives us great insight on the show. Uh, love having him on. And uh, I really hope something sticks here. I know he had got had a hard year. Uh, well, the last time he did this was tw- uh, going into the spring of 2020, and we all kind of know what the world happened there, and had had some talks, but um, ultimately kind of fell apart once the uh, the pandemic had hit. So rooting for Mason uh, on that aspect, and then also just some great basketball here. I mean, this is really one of the best times. There's games on all day. You can really, you know, just Saturday, just gonna be able to sit and sit on the couch and just probably my phone up, have a laptop going and TV and probably have three different games on if you want to. It's yeah. really just the best time of year in my book for, for basketball. Usually there's spring training and baseball here now too, but we know how the MLB is. Yeah, they can't figure it out. I'll throw one last thing out there, Eric. It's the State Girls Basketball Championships. Good luck to all the teams uh, that are participating. Uh, we've got some local teams, Appleton East, uh, Freedom, and who am I missing here, Eric? I said it earlier. Well, Nina made it, East didn't they? Wapon. No, Nina lost to Appleton. Wapon. Uh, Pierre. That was the team I was missing. So, those are those are the immediate local teams. Um, uh, good luck to all the girls. If you can watch, watch. It's it's some of the best basketball in our state. You're gonna watch some some uh, high schoolers that are gonna go D1, uh, even even to a high caliber D3 team in in UW Oshkosh. So it, it's an exciting time. So good luck to all the teams. Yeah, and also just one quick other shout out here: uh, the the Rattler 250, I believe, is this weekend, and our, our fan favorite of the show, uh, Ty Majeski, will be out in that after the truck race on Friday night. Uh, so best of luck to him. Two top ten finishes for Tom Majeski now in the truck series, two in a row. So he's had a, he's had a strong run. Yeah, he, he got himself in a little bit of a 
trouble on Friday night with uh, Ben Rhodes, uh, partner, teammates, and one got turned into the wall, and it wasn't time with Jeske, so. So, anyway, that's our show. Episode 65 is in the books. I'm Eric. That's Justin. Stay tuned to our social media channels to see what we're up to and see what we've got going on and catch the latest on Wisconsin breaking news and sports. For Justin, I'm Eric. 65, episode 65 is in the books. See ya. We're out. Salute.